Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are back. We are back. Um, Hopefully a, a quick episode. I think we don't have too much to talk about. We have Premier League updates. Um some coaching updates, which we're very excited about. And then uh, the women had their first group stage games of the Champions League. Women, Yeah, Women's Champions League and the NWSL final was this past weekend. Oh, so goodness. On the I, forgot, I forgot that that happened this week. I did. Everyone watched the entire thing and was pleasantly entertained. So, yeah, know. we have to. Um, we were. It's funny. We were just Rachel and I were just noting that we both felt like it had been a really long week like it's been a really long time since we watched any of these games and we were like oh geez like what what are, what are we talking about again like what what happened and, I asked and- Kat did Arsenal win last weekend which <laughs> they did and I watched the whole game so whoops anyway you know like so that's the- where we're at just to like set the set the tone off the bat here yeah uh, we're gonna do our best I believe in us. Yeah, we're going to do we're great. Also, both like working on our knitting projects. So bear with us. If I've paused temporarily. Oh, well, I didn't, but I will pause. Uh, Let's get so started. We'll start with the Premier League as we usually do. Um, Saturday scores. Uh, we started off with uh, Spurs lost twice in a week. They had not yet lost this season. Um, they then lose back to back. game is red. Sorry, I had to say that. Um, <laughs> they then lose back-to-back games. They lost this week 2-1 to Wolves. Um, Which I will say was a very entertaining game, actually. It was, like, a good, uh, like, Wolves looked good um, and, like, made a nice comeback. So. I believe they scored both their goals um, in injury time. Yeah, 90 plus 1 and 90 plus 7. So, just, I don't know. Wolves is that team that, like, you know, I feel like they all they always are... I don't know. They could always beat a team. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, it was a couple seasons ago now. Um, it was a couple seasons ago now. It was because I, I, we were in college at the time. Um, but the, I used to call. There was one season where I was calling Wolves the Giant Killers because they beat everybody yeah. in the top. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they definitely kind of, beat an Arsenal a few times. So they've beaten City as well. Um, you know, they they're not they're not sort of that one season that they, they really sort of ran that ran the big six off the park kind of um, they've not, you know, repeated that, but they're always dangerous to these top teams. Um, they're yeah. a good, they're a good squad. Yeah. Um, but still yeah. not and, a great look for Spurs either. I think they dropped from first to fourth, maybe. Yeah. Something like so. that. It's all pretty close at the top. So it's really tight at the top quite entertaining um Um, anyway game two of the weekend was uh arsenal burnley you want to talk about that game that you didn't remember the result of two minutes ago yeah but we did win so that's good that i didn't like block it out for that we lost um let me just i feel like again this is a game that we should win um yeah it did take us, it took us until a uh, stoppage time in the first half to score kind of, you know, in classic kind of just like we have all the ball and then like, what are we not scoring? Uh, but 
we scored uh Trissard. I feel like I've said this on this podcast before, but I think he could start. I mean, he started in this game, but I think he could easily be a starter for our team. He has like an insane number of like goals and assists for the amount of minutes he's played. Mm-hmm. And well, we have injuries right now, but I like him a lot. Um, I will say, uh, we there was a moment in the second half where I was like, oh shit, because Burnley came and scored like right out of the half, basically. So it was one one. Uh, but then we we cleared shop and scored two more. Uh, pretty routine, I think, from Arsenal. We're still missing some players. Odegaard is still injured. He, I only learned recently has a, had a concussion i think he's now cleared to play but um didn't go on international duty so hopefully that's fine we're kind of gabriel jesus is still hurt Partey is permanently injured apparently uh so we're getting done what needs to get done um and these goals were all uh definitely super nice uh fabio Vieira got a red card it was a red card like it was stupid. Uh it happened like right at the end when it didn't matter. Uh again, he definitely stuck his studs up into someone's knee. Not great, not great to end that note on. Um also not great to have a player get sent off in generally and then, you know, have to sit at least one game when you've got injury issues. But um Yeah, but like I don't know. If it was gonna happen to someone like I'm glad it was him. Like it used to be like Shaka and he was like our best player at some point. So that's, that was more concerning, but again, he, he didn't intend to do it. Um, Same discussion we had about records last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there was no intention about it. He clearly like knew what he did. Apologized. It is what it is. It, it's, it's, it is annoying, but it's not something that I'm going to like be hung up about if that makes sense. Um, Yep. Yeah, but otherwise, I don't know, great way to kind of get us into the uh, international break. uh, And hopefully people can get healed up um, and ready to go for, like, the second. Indeed, indeed. Um, Um, But, yeah, we can move on. Moving on from there, Everton beat Crystal Palace uh, 3-2. Everton's on a bit of a run here. I know. Um, I think they heard that we kept saying they were going to get relegated, and then they decided yeah, they were going to get their shit together. Get a little personally. Uh, they are on a bit of a run here, so we'll see how how that sort of develops, how long that lasts uh, post international break that we are on right now. But um, good result against Crystal Palace. Um, good result away at at Crystal Palace, to be fair as well. Yeah. Um, Man United played Luton Town. They beat them one nothing, which. They should, but with Man United, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Much like Everton is on a bit of a uh, winning streak, Newcastle seems to be on a bit of a losing streak yeah. here. Um, they lost 2-0 to Bournemouth this week. Um, not really sure what's going on there with Newcastle. Um, some drop points. Dortmund in the Champions League. Yeah, because some some dropped points, um, you know, here and there. Not Not the results they really you know are expecting want. or wanting yeah 
Um, so Bournemouth is is not uh is a team that that Newcastle would have want would have expected to do better against. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think that's valid. Um, which brings us to Sunday. Um, Aston Villa beat Fulham 3-1. I've got nothing much to say about that. Uh, Brighton tied Sheffield United 1-1. Not a great result. Not a flattering result for Brighton, but a good result for Sheffield. Um, Absolutely. I, um, yeah, I didn't watch this game, but, um, would have been, I didn't watch the highlights either, but would have been interested to see, um, because Sheffield, I think got a goal at the end. It they got an own. It was an own goal actually. Oh, oh. Brighton had Brighton had a player sent off in roughly the seventieth minute, and then Sheffield got an own goal uh, in their favor. Um, uh, okay. Thereafter. Well, luck is on your side sometimes. Sometimes it is indeed. Um, which brings us to Liverpool once again. I think we mentioned it a little bit last um, last session. Liverpool seems to be finding some form here. Um, yeah. They win again, three um, nothing at at home against Brentford. Um, they should beat Brentford to be fair. Um, but you know, we we've said Liverpool seem to to be shaping up a, a little bit, and and that seems. Um, I seems still want to see them. Not not that I don't. I I think they are. I just I can't. Who have not played this season? And I'm no, not- no, no, they're gonna have they're gonna have some tests post this international break that will tell us. I just, how I just wonder because it feels like they're how close to back they are. Yeah, just more like um, I'm just surprised by this how the scheduling is. I feel like they haven't really played a team. I might just be misforgetting a game. Yeah, it's been. I do feel like now that you say that, I do feel like the scheduling is strange this year. It feels In weird. This- it seems like Liverpool hasn't played anybody. I don't feel like City's really had any big games until like us. past two weeks, and then they have all of these big games in like the short stretch. Like they all the big six are kind of playing each other like back to back. Well, I felt like uh, Arsenal had a weird stretch where he played like Chelsea, Tottenham, and City all like in a row. Yeah, in, like, well, City October. played. City played. Uh, um, Derby, Chelsea. We're playing Liverpool soon. We're playing Spurs soon, I believe. I think we're yeah. playing Arsenal soon. Like Again? everybody, we already soon. played you. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, but just... whatever. Which way? I, I agree. It just seems it's like it's like it is. The scheduling does seem a little strange this year. You're you're right about that. I'm not like, sure I... if it is, and if it's just, or if it's just like something odd that I'm suddenly picking up on, but. Yeah, well, it might just be coincidence, but it does it does seem that way um, at the moment, at least. Um, moving on from Liverpool-Brentford, uh, West Ham uh, beat Nottingham Forest 3-2, which brought us to the headline game of the weekend. It didn't um, disappoint, in all honesty. Which it was uh, Chelsea City. Um, from a neutral perspective, I'm sure the neutrals had a great time during this game. It was, uh, I mean, I mean, who can say no to a 4-4 game? Like, yeah. Um, and it was back and forth, you know, like nobody yeah. got a big lead and then it was a comeback. It was a, yeah. it was a back and forth. It was a back and forth. Um, from a city perspective, a couple things to note about this game. Um, this is the worst game I've seen city play in a while. I'm not going to lie. I know um, you said that, which I was surprised by, but particularly defensively um 
just because city city don't tend to to give up this many goals in general but also yeah there was a lot of ball turnover in the sort of build-up play that is not typical to city um okay yeah rodri was giving the ball away a lot um i think phil foden gave the ball away once or twice um like players who Ruben Diaz gave the ball away a couple of times. It's players who normally are rock solid, like do not ever give the ball up right. kind of thing. We're just lo- we're just giving up the balls. And it wasn't anything like it was the kind of thing where if you probably don't watch City, you know, week in week out, you may not notice it as much or sure. if you weren't watching the game really closely because it wasn't like for the most part like egregious errors or anything. Yeah. It was just like little things like the passes weren't quite right, like and it was just a lot of like giving the ball up in areas where city usually does not give it they up just didn't look as sharp uh, as they normally do yeah a little sloppy from them in a part of the field where they're not usually sloppy sure. um did i thought we did look pretty good in the attacking sense for most of the game we did have a couple of opportunities when it was um when it was 3-1 yeah. Uh, we did a couple opportunities when it was 3-1 that really should have made it 4-5-1 and I think that would have put the game to bed in a way um, that it did not get put away at, at 3-1 sure um, had we scored a couple more goals there Holland had a really good opportunity and I think one or two other players did as well yeah uh, to really put it to get uh, to bed there um, which did not happen or sorry when it was 3-2 yeah um, yeah, yeah I got you I understood uh, what you meant to get, a, but... to get a couple goal lead there um yeah. which never happened there was never it was it was one nothing and then it was one one and then it was two one two one Chelsea and then it was two two and then it was three two city and then it was three three and then it was four three and then four four so it, nobody ever had more than a one goal advantage at any point in this game yeah uh, I think had at three two city scored that fourth when it was three two and made it four two, I'm yeah. Is the that kind of changes the output of the game a little bit? I definitely um, agree. Yeah, and and maybe ultimately has a different result. Um, I have no sort of gripes about the penalty at the end. Um, Chelsea's fourth goal was a penalty kick. Uh, at ninety plus five, it was a penalty kick. Yeah, I have no I have no arguments with that. Yeah, um, sometimes you just have to. Have no, I also have no arguments with the like fairly muted celebrations from both Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer. Um, some people get weird about former players um, celebrating when they score against your team. I'm personally not somebody who cares that much about them. Not that in general. Um, I think if you, I think maybe if you like, you've played for a club, like your entire career, like for yeah. example, I think if Gundogan, if like city played Barcelona and Gundogan had a really big celebration against city, like that might bother me a little bit. But he was club captain, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. really give a shit. Cole Palmer celebrates his penalty, his game time penalty. But kick. did they like, celebrate? I thought that Sterling didn't they really did. celebrate. No, 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 they did, but very mild, honestly, very mildly. Like, yeah. it was a big celebration. Like, you know, like there's there. I think is I think there's a difference between a a deliberate non celebration, so to speak. You know, when the like yeah. player does thing where they like very deliberately don't yeah. celebrate, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Neither of them did that, but neither of them were doing like big celebrations by any means. And I think Cole Palmer, that's a situation where 
I wouldn't have really blamed him if he'd done a really big celebration in that moment. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. And he didn't. Neither of them did. I I don't have any gripe with them. The biggest gripe I had about the city the city players was with the commentating team. Um, the, just the way that they discussed Cole Palmer's exit from Manchester City. I hey, thought we're talking was, about this. What I thought was disingenuous. Honestly, that was what bothered me the most. Other than City playing sloppily, which always bothers me. Um, <laughs> They basically made it sound like Palmer got sort of like was like forced out at City, and and uh, that's just, was just not anybody's. Really I think this reason. is interesting too because when you we were texting, I was like, oh, isn't this why? I feel like there just wasn't enough. Like I kind of just assumed that that was the case because I didn't know right. enough, but also like I think the narrative around Everything. it that was like the public narrative felt like it was like just always slowly tilting that way. So like I feel like yeah, everyone- well, it's one of those things where it was like. From a city fan perspective, like a lot of city fans were expecting him going into the season, you know, then in his preseason this year, that Cole Palmer was going to see a lot of minutes. This was before we'd signed Jeremy Doku. Um, and we, we were expecting Palmer to sort of fill in where the Mara's role was quite yeah. a bit um, because right. we anticipated Phil Foden having to drop into the midfield to cover the Gundwan absence and the De Bruyne injury. Sure. Um, so we expected Cole Palmer to play out on that wing quite a bit. I yeah. expected to see quite a lot of him this year. He had an increased number of minutes last year compared to the year before. Um, he looked like he was sort of heading that direction. He looked good. Um, I remember in the community shield when we that you played Arsenal. He looked good. And I yeah, and I think I think he definitely seemed like he was gonna be in the plans for this year. And so I, I was never under the impression. I always read it more like he was a bit impatient like he didn't want to wait his turn which I think is fair enough like I don't have any problem with that fair when City can bring in any top player maybe he's like I can make my like right maybe he my place in Chelsea and like right now yeah yeah you know he doesn't he doesn't want to wait for his opportunity he doesn't want to have to you know like be looking over his shoulder to see who city is bringing in and having to fight for that spot like he doesn't want that that's fine that's fair enough i have no issue with that i don't have an issue with that either but that's what happened like it's he didn't get forced out because pep told him he wasn't going to play and he was like fuck you i'm going somewhere else like yeah Yeah. what i understand pep told him he would be playing like that he would that with mara's gone he would be playing and maybe that's not where he wanted to play maybe he wanted to play more up the middle and and he's never really played through the middle very much for city when he was at city he played a lot more off the wing and and maybe that was part of it as well but he wanted to play you know the middle versus on the wing but Either way, I, I was just irritated that the at the way that the commentary was framing Cole Palmer's city exit. I mean, I think they wanted okay. I also didn't listen to it live, so I didn't really hear this commentary, but I bet you they wanted the narrative. Don't you think? Like sure, yeah, yeah. as, and as a commentator, they like they 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 thrive off of the narrative and then like they did the same thing with Raheem Sterling, you know what I mean? Who like really yeah. didn't who like very clearly left because he didn't want to have competition on that wing. Yeah. Which is fine, but he didn't get booted out. He he got he left because he doesn't didn't want to deal with the competition. Right. And and that and that is very much a Pep thing, right? Like Pep does not there's two things you're that are always going to be true about Pep, no matter what team he's in or what resources he has or or what. He is going to foster competition within the squad because it makes everybody play better um by his coaching style. 
Um, he's, so he is going to encourage players to compete against one another. He wants two really good players in the same position. And yeah. he wants you to either be better or adapt to another position. That's how he works. Yeah. Uh, and his other thing is that if you don't want to do that, you can go. He's not going to keep you. Yeah, it sounds like what uh, Arteta may be doing at Arsenal. So, like that's that's Pep's philosophy, and it has you know it's worked pretty well for him in his career. Oh, I don't think I don't think it's a bad philosophy. Um, no, but like love it. But some players don't like that. Some players that's no. not for them, and yeah. that's fine. But then you're not for a Pep team, and that's what's happened. We've seen a a handful of times. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I, I I think the most telling thing about this result is if you look at the way the two fan bases reacted to it, I think tells you the most about the result. Um, Chelsea celebrating like they won, you know, it feels like a win for them. Um, Of course. City are like, well, on to the next. (laughs) Like um, it feels more like a loss to us. Um, and I actually found this out during the game. This is the first time, actually, that Chelsea has scored on Manchester City since the 2021 Champions League final. Yeah, I heard that, too. I was like, damn. Yeah, um, which is kind of da- – I didn't know that. Um, it's and not it shy Havertz, so – Yeah, it's not, it's not shocking, but I didn't know that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one of those, like – yeah, I, I mean, also, like, considering where Chelsea is in the season, how they've been playing, like... Yeah. big is, result for them. It's a massive result for them. That's fine. I think that no one would deny that it is. Um, oh, and yeah, big City, result for them. City are kind of just like, well, we played like shit and we tied. Oh, well. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that is the, just... That is the reality well, of it. I think I think the... I, I think the mindset of I've been seeing a lot of is uh, we played like shit, we tied and we're still top of the league. Oh well. <laughs> like, um, don't keep saying that. You're only one point ahead of Liverpool and Arsenal right now. I think. I'm I'm aware, but we played we're like for you. Yeah, first. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So top four is like you were just saying. Actually, top five, honestly, is really very yeah. tight. Um, so the City Chelsea was the last game of the weekend, but uh, City's on twenty eight. Liverpool and Arsenal at 27, Tottenham's in fourth at 26, and Aston Villa in fifth is at 25th. Look, uh, I would just say Aston Villa. Positions one and five. Aston Villa, I'm just saying, we called it at the beginning of the season. Yeah. um, So so Chelsea, despite that result, um, well, which, while it is a big result, so to speak, for them to not drop points, they didn't really gain much in terms of points. So they still sit in 10th. Uh, Man United have creeped up a little bit. They are back in sixth. Um, Brighton and Newcastle have both dropped down to seventh and eighth. Relegation zone uh, is still all three recently promoted teams. Rachel, I do have to break it together. It's okay. That was a little bit of a wild, a wild prediction, I think. We, We were really on the brand of wild predictions this year. Um, that was because I had no preparation for my pre- predictions. We just like sat down and did the predictions live on the podcast. That's yeah, that's true. That so, is like, what we did. There was no prep and you know, that's what happens. It's crazy. That, thing said. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to leave it there um, in terms of the Premier League. Um, we're off this weekend. It is the um, yet is another international, international break. break. Yeah. 
Um, which I was thinking actually that that in terms of podcasting, Rachel, that that works out really nicely. The timing for us it really next does. Record next week um, because of Thanksgiving holiday. Um, so yeah. it works out well for us. But that is not the end of the episode. That is just going to be the end of the Premier League discussion. Oh no, we have other things, more important things, honestly, to discuss. So uh, in terms of more important things to discuss, let's talk, let's talk Emma Hayes. Um, We talked about Emma Hayes quite a bit last week um, because it had been announced that she was leaving Chelsea and that she was rumored to be taking the U.S. Women's National Team job. That has become official. Um, And there are, um, which we are very excited about. And we talked a little bit about um, sort of why she might be making that move and and what that yeah. might look like. Um, so we, we don't need to talk about it for too long because I think we talked about a lot of the stuff um, last week. I but uh, a couple of things have been clarified for us, which is nice. Um, one, she's been officially named. Uh, we know that the current interim coach will stay the interim coach uh, until Emma joins uh, for uh, next May. Um, we know that Emma will have two windows or four games, uh, prior to the Olympics, uh, for her to sort of figure out stuff. Um, which does seem like, I don't think it's an issue. It does seem like a very short. It is. It's a short, it's a short period of time, but I would imagine that she will be doing prep work prior, which of course brings up the, the discussion that we had last week about, yeah, um, sort of focus there, but, um, We'll just have to see how that goes with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we know she will have uh, two camps, four games uh, prior to the Olympics um, next summer. Um, we know that she is getting paid. She will be the highest women's coach uh, in the world. She is deservedly so. Yeah, deservedly so. And she is being paid on par with what Greg Berhalter is being paid. So they are they are receiving the same salaries, men's and women's coaches, which is huge. Um, the Athletic put out a um, a chart basically on the top five ranked women's national teams in yep. the world. So it's like Sweden, the U.S., Spain, Germany, and I forget the other one. That's okay. England, yeah. England. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Um, and they showed the how much their women's coach is being paid versus how much their men's coach is being paid, and every single other country is an enormous disparity. Ridiculous. Um, absolutely and particularly like and they're all bad don't get me wrong they're all dreadful but england's really stuck out to me because gareth southgate gets paid so much money and serena weigman does not and gareth southgate is so bad like i like how is he still england's coach i don't know (laughs) but that one just really stuck out to me um but yeah so they are getting emma and greg will be paid the same amount for their national team duties which which honestly let's be honest emma should be probably getting paid more but here we are yeah I imagine at the end, uh, Emma will get paid more because Emma will get more bonuses <laughs> because and Emma will, will win more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, it's a really, really great sort of move forward, strive forward in um, sort of pay parity for and, and given how for sort of women's national team coaches and also yeah, given absolutely. how big this this has been and, and how big of a profile Emma Hayes has. Um I expect this will give a lot of bargaining power for some other women's national team coaches. Yeah. Um, 
they move forward. I definitely in their agree. Or as they move around in the coming months and years, um, we'll definitely give a lot of of, of bargaining power to them, yeah. and that's great. We always like to see that. Um, yeah, it, it no, U.S. soccer, be- U.S. soccer, we have our issues and they are numerous with u.s soccer but this one this one little thing they did right they did that one right i feel Uh, like i think the world may have rioted if they hadn't done it right i think mm -hmm. she's such a high profile coach that like also she's probably like yo look at my gig that i have currently she is she is one of if not the most high profile women's coaches yeah um yeah, I think it's her or Serena Weigman. There's yeah. really nobody else. I would agree. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's. We, I I'll tell you what. I was very excited to read. She did you know like a little interview with U.S. Soccer that they put out when they yeah. announced her. I really enjoyed that interview. I I think it's it didn't tell me anything I didn't already know, but it's nice to see you know sort of how she discussed um, the sort of culture around the women's national team here. Um, she sort of discussed how. Um, everybody's got to earn their spot. We and love to I, hear that. Which, which is, this is a really good time for that attitude to come into the U.S. Women's National Team because we really yeah. need a shakeup. Yeah. Um, Emma Hayes will not be afraid to step on some toes or to move some veterans out when they need to go. Yep. Um, she's gonna move that that process along. She'll get some youth in there. Um, she she'll not be afraid to look at some unconventional places or pull some people that other people aren't thinking about. Yep. Um, I'm very excited to see who she calls to her camps next summer. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's going to be good. Um, I think she also, it's really interesting, right? She doesn't really see these players play because she play, she coaches in a different league. Like obviously she's seen these, seen the players play, but like. She has, well, not, she has two players on her team right now. Well, well, yeah. But I mean, like um, no, I a lot of the play, like a lot of the players, she doesn't see week in and week out. And I don't know if that w- that's helpful or not, but I feel like it gives her a little bit of a like more objective eye potentially. It'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. I they also mentioned one thing um in the interview, which I we sort of vaguely touched on this last week, um, but she touched it on it again. Um, and they were discussing her her young son, Henry, um, who is I've since learned I didn't know how old he was last week. Um, he's like five. So he's pretty um and they sort of asked about the U.S. Women's National Team's reputation with sort of mothers and things like that, um, because the U.S. Women's National Team has historically been very good about yeah. allowing mothers, um, you know, to bring their children with them. Like yeah. uh, Charlie Morgan, for example, Alex Morgan's daughter, is with the team all the time. Um, we've seen uh, Crystal Dunn's son, Marcel, often mm-hmm. travels with the team um, and that they have a lot of resources and you know, sort of accommodation for moms who are traveling with their kids. Yeah. Um, and that's really great. And that Emma Hayes is also somebody who would benefit from that. Yeah. Um, that that is the type of culture and environment that is inviting to her that she finds exactly um, something that she would like to be a part of, yeah. um, which I we talked a little bit about the sort of the not playing 32 weeks of the year kind of thing uh, with when we discussed, you know, sort of her being a mother and and her having a a young son. Uh, But I hadn't thought about the, the sort of team culture of it, of the mom thing. Um, And that's a very good point. I thought they brought up um, because the U S does have that reputation 
of, yeah. of being quite good within those scenarios. So yeah, that's um, a good point. Anyway, I think we we talked a lot more about what we expect to see from her last week, um, things like that. But very yeah. excited for the official. Very excited um, to see how things pan out with Emma Hayes. Um, yeah, I think any like U.S. women's team fan should be really excited about this. Um, yeah, very. And kind of, uh, you know, waiting to see what happens. I think it's it's again it's the perfect, it's the perfect move for them right now, and they need yeah, it. Really- um, there's nobody no. better, really, that they could have. No, there is no one. Um, so so really exciting stuff there. Um, really all around. Yep, agree. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, but basically, yeah. So very exciting things um happening on the horizon for the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, but speaking of Emma Hayes, we're going to shift gears really quickly, talk pretty briefly about the uh, Women's Champions League, which kicked off its match day one um, this week. We are both very busy, and so unfortunately I was not able to watch any of these games. Yeah, um, I regret that because they look good. But, also, I'm like a little bit in uh, annoyed that Arsenal's not in it still, so maybe <laughs> I'm just not watching out of spite. But yeah, so it was match day one. Um, so uh, some some notable results. Um, really, only one game that really has any sort of big discussion points on it. But a, a yeah. couple things throughout the thing. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt beat uh, Rosengard. Braun beat Saint Poulton. Uh, Barcelona beat Benfica five nothing. The only thing notable real here um, in this game is that Alexia Butea scored two goals. Um, that makes her the all-time women's goal scorer uh, for Barcelona in the Champions League. She passes Jenny Hermoso. Yep. Um, that's uh, Aitana Bomati also had two goals in that. As did as did uh, Asisa Oshawala. Yeah, uh, a goal as well. Uh, Leon beat uh, Slavia Praha uh, nine nothing. Um, yep. So we'll just leave it there. Uh, yeah, not uh, much. Not much else to say on that one. Paris FC, who had knocked everybody out um, in the in the sort of lead up to this, uh, which was both, very rude of them as well. Yeah, uh, they are the reason that Wolfsburg is not present. They are the reason. Um, that Arsenal is in prison not present uh so Paris FC but Paris FC did lose uh they lost to Hawken um Bayern tied Roma 2-2 Ajax beat PSG to nothing that's a little bit of an upset there that's, a, that's an upset um, yeah but there is a young 16 year old who is eligible for U.S. uh U.S. eligibility on Ajax who yep. plays in the midfield um so that would be something that previously i would not have said much about but um with emma hayes in running the show uh that could that could lily johannes could be somebody that we uh try and snag that we do try to snag yeah um Um, does she have she's also dutch right yeah i believe she's a dual national yeah that's what i thought because um, she's only 16 so she'd have to have a she has to have an eu passport um yeah 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 
So I believe, I believe she's a dual national. She was born. I think it's one of those, you know, there's many cases of, of people who are born in the U S yep. um, and so they get U S citizenship. I believe she's one of those. Um, but I would think with Emma Hayes in the, in the, as the U S coach, we could see um, on the men's, like we have on the men's side, some yep. of those dual nationals getting lured uh, to the U S team. We'll see. She's on the radar um, she is for on us. The radar. Yeah. Worth noting, nonetheless, that uh, Lily Johannes is her name for those yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah. I said it earlier, but I wasn't sure. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Me. Um, and then last game of the week um, was actually, speaking of Emma Hayes, um, Emma Hayes' Chelsea drew 2-2 to Real Madrid. This was a game full of uh, quite a bit of controversy. Um, yeah. For like some blatant controversy, two too. Um, yeah, Emma Hayes said after the game, I don't understand, something along the lines of, like what the hell went wrong there that should have been a 3-1 game and refereeing is the only reason it wasn't um nobody has ever accused emma hayes of uh taking anything lying down (laughs) no but uh essentially the controversy is um on on two things both chelsea scored a third goal that was called off sides um on all the replays i've seen of it it's pretty clearly not off sides um so a pretty egregious error there like not even like oh you draw the lines like she's just to the naked eye not off sides. um and then the third one is Real Madrid's second goal was scored on a uh penalty kick um and that penalty kick the foul that drew that penalty kick um took Wasn't place outside the yeah great good job uh, good job it team free kick. it was a foul but it should have been a free kick from outside the box uh not a penalty kick um so I'm going to have to say, while I'm not a Chelsea fan, I am going to have to agree with Emma Hayes there. Uh, Chelsea did get, Chelsea did get robbed. Yeah. It's just it. like, I think that the, it's just like the blatantness of the two. And like, I just yeah. don't understand. Like they have VAR. It's like, it's like, we talk a lot. We talk a lot of smack about premier league referees, right? For once, they're not like PGMOL must be like, oh, thank God it's not us. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> like, sure. They're like, it's not us. Hell yeah. It's like comical to the level of like PGMOL incompetence. And like those of you who are listening who watch the Premier League, like know what I mean. Like it's it's PGMOL incompetence, level incompetence. Like it's it's just pretty bad. I don't know. I mean, what... I want someone to release the audio of that because like what yeah, I, want is... the, I want the Chelsea. I want the Chelsea Real audio. Um, we deserve that drama there Um, but we'll leave it there with the women's champions league Uh, we'll be back on that when they play match day two (music) moving across to this side of the pond um the nwsl championship was this past saturday night um uh new york new jersey gotham played oil rain um kind of a crazy game honestly really good game honestly yeah um, it was it was quite entertaining for someone who doesn't watch uh Ben WSL yeah really really entertaining game um a little bit of a downer on the storybook ending for a couple of U.S. nationals um, Megan Rapino was forced off injured uh, about three minutes into the game she did her Achilles um yeah you it was like you could tell it was yeah she knew right away clearly you could cl- tell clearly she knew right away um and she was telling people after the game she did her Achilles before she'd even gotten the imaging. Um, and she was right. She um they operated on her Achilles, I think, yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
yeah. So that's a, that's a tough way for her to go out. I think, um, you know, as such a legend of the game and, uh, and such a character in the sport, it's a, it's a really unfortunate way for her to end her career. But yeah. um, I think if anybody was going to take it in stride, it would be Megan Rapinoe. Um, yeah. And, you know, sad to see her go uh, in that way specifically, but you know, for the best um outside of that on the all rain side i'm gonna be honest i thought all rain um aside from one miss rose lavelle who balled out okay, can i make this point i texted this to you and then you were like you weren't listening to the commentary when megan rapino got injured they started talking about all the different players that oh they're gonna step up they're gonna step they spent like 30 minutes doing this and didn't mention rose lavelle at all when rose lavelle was like the only person doing anything on their freaking team yeah I mean um I think like Rose Lavelle I'm gonna be honest was the only person who provided real significant danger I felt um yeah, from all agree uh, she did score all Reigns goal um their only goal of the match um Gotham won uh in the end 2-1 um but Rose Lavelle this was the, and and Rose Lavelle has had some injury issues in the last year or so um so we haven't seen her really at her peak powers um yeah. in quite a time and and this game felt to me um like rose lavelle at her peak powers and rose lavelle at her peak powers um i don't know i think you know it's the best i think at the best two midfielders in the world uh or best three midfielders in the world at their peak powers i think are are rose lavelle itana bomati and beth mead yep like and like yeah. i don't think I don't think there's anybody who tops and and I would make an argument that Rose Lavelle at the peak of her powers is better than the rest of them. Um I don't know which if I would, it say would be that, an argument. But I I might argue I Rose Lavelle has a sauce level. Beth Mead does Beth Mead is great. I'm not, I not I was but I might not say I, I would agree with the, you on the Beth Mead one. I don't know about the Balmati one. I, I think it would be I'd have to watch them I would love to watch a midfield battle of Lavelle oh, yeah. versus at the Me too. Their I think that would be just a, a midfield battle for the ages it would be so fun um, oh no I completely agree and I don't and I think that they're just they're both they are, so good I think, they're, I think the two of them when when they're at their best are are pretty unmatched rose lavelle i love rose lavelle so much and and it was just very nice to see her play um the way that she did uh, although yeah. it wasn't enough in the end um i will say just like i i completely agree with you i love her play i think um really have to hope that she kind of is like through on some of her injuries i feel like she's been she is a little bit injury prone and i think that is just a worry and I think is like un- unfortunate. I don't think it's like a that's like a bad no, word to her name, I, but I just think like had, and I think part of the issue is that she was the US was so has been so reliant on her, especially yeah. with Sam Mewis also injured. Yeah. Um but I like hopefully if we can get some people in there and she can she she looked healthy, you know, in the final. She looked, so, she looked good. No, exactly. Um, I hopefully she more can stay just like I hope stay she's keeping gonna... powers because Rose Lavelle is yeah is a gem of the game. Um, she truly is. Um, but actually the the craziest part of this was there was quite a bit of injury time um at the end of the game. And at the very end of the oh, game, yeah. um 
there was a bit of an incident. Gotham had their goalkeeper sent off um, for handling the ball outside of the box. Um, hard to blame her for doing it um, because O.L. Yeah. was on a breakaway. And it's not like she like ran five feet out of the box, to be clear. Like her feet were in the box. Her hands were just- Her off. hands went out of the box. <laughs> um and she's sent off and so they get a free kick uh oil rain gets a free kick just outside the box they are they were not out of substitutions but they were out of substitution windows so they yeah that's what i realized i was confused i was also confused because i was like i don't feel like they've made enough subs they but they'd made they'd used all their windows so they couldn't sub in their backup goalkeeper um, so, uh, one of their midfielders, uh, gets put in the goal, um, which if you were, I'm not sure if you were aware of this, Rachel, but earlier in the season, uh, their goalkeeper, this was the second time that that midfielder I in the goal I knew that. in I Santiago. Knew that. Yeah. Only because afterward I, I was like informed of that. Yeah. So, um, that's one of those, like. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that happened twice, right? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, very fortunately for Gotham, Roosevelt hit the free kick into the wall, um, and then Gotham was able to clear, and then that was the end of the game. So, yeah. Um, really, really fairy tale ending. Really fairy tale ending for Allie Krieger, um, in her retirement. Uh, so very nice to see that. Also, really nice sort of full circle moment. Uh, for Sinead Farrelly and Manashim, um, who, yeah. for the uninformed listener, are two of the three players that were the catalyst, sort of for the the sort of like all of the the sort of like kind of the Yates report and like the the whole sort of re overhaul of the nwsl and their yeah abusive coaching practices and and you know that whole mess um which was a roughly year and a half ago when that was all sort of breaking out um Mm -hmm. but mana and sinead had both had both stopped playing they'd both left the league um and both of them returned this year to play for gotham um which i think both have discussed they never really anticipated coming back to the sport um, let alone yeah. WSL. And so to see the two of them not only be back, uh, but to then win a championship is um is really just kind of moving in the moment, um, given yeah. what they've gone through in this league, um, to then be where they are now is really quite a moment for for lack of a better word. Um, but a a really good moment for Gotham kind of all around. Um and yeah, good, good, entertaining final. You can't ask for much more from a final. I won't lie. Um, yeah, I think uh, it was fun. Very fun. Uh, I, uh, I enjoyed it. And then we now we start. Um, we start free agency. One thing to note um, at the end of the NWSL season. One, one couple or a couple thing to note here. One we may see a couple really high profile players end up on loan at European teams. Um, yeah. Because of the sort of off nature of the seasons. Um, we've seen it before. We may see it again. Um, we may also see some permanent moves, uh, particularly it's all eyes on Crystal Dunn, who is mm-hmm. a, who has left announced that she will not be resigning with Portland. Um, 
this year and so she is a free agent and there is a lot of speculation that she will end up in Europe um so uh some eyes to keep out there um some movement we may see um not only within the NWSL but we may see some players uh pop over to to you know European game um as yeah. we past so we will we will see we will see we will see um we'll keep eyes out there um and then I think that wraps it up for us uh I I will say I mentioned it earlier but I'll reiterate it again um we will not this will be our last episode for two weeks um we will not be recording next week um because of the American Thanksgiving holiday um but we will we will see you in two weeks when the Premier League is back and we have more to talk about. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.